DW Africa Link It is Monday the 20th of November 2023. Let's begin the week with the news making headlines from Africa and beyond. Hello and welcome to Africa Link with me, Okeri Ngushinado. And my name is Josie Mahachi. We are reaching you live on our Facebook page, DW Africa, and through all our partner stations across the continent. Now coming up on today's program. The Compact with Africa Summit is happening in Berlin and already on the first day, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has said that Africa can count on Germany for early investment in the production of green hydrogen. Many African countries have significantly greater potential for renewable energies and the competitive production of hydrogen than we do. I am convinced that there are great opportunities here for expanding cooperation between German and African companies. However, some analysts say that Africa is lacking in good infrastructure for private investment. Although it was supposed to attract private investment, I think the fundamentals on the ground might not be conducive to private investment. Stay tuned for those details, but first, the world news in brief. DW News. Hello, I'm Keith Walker. City officials in Zimbabwe's Harare have been warned to clean up the streets amid a widespread outbreak of cholera. The health ministry says it's recorded more than 8,000 suspected cholera cases and more than 1,200 confirmed cases. Cholera is a disease caused by ingesting contaminated food or water. The World Health Organization says it can kill within hours if left untreated. Jolene Nayachuru is a Community Water Alliance officer. As residents, we are very angry with the city of Harare by the way they are doing it. We also blame the city of the department. They are not giving people the information they should know about cholera and typhoid. Even those diarrheal cases, people don't have the information. Some don't even know the signs and symptoms of cholera, signs and symptoms of typhoid. So people are just falling sick in their houses. Leaders from more than a dozen African countries are in the German capital Berlin for an investment summit. The G20 Compact with Africa is part of Germany's commitment to Africa. It aims to generate additional private investment to boost African economies. We have more on what the Compact for Africa means for the continent coming up next here on Africa Link. Presidential candidates in the Democratic Republic of Congo launched their election campaigns on Sunday ahead of the country's December vote. AfricaLink's Zanem Zaidi reports that there are 25 candidates running for the country's top job amid a tense political climate. Former Prime Minister Matata Ponyo on Sunday dropped his presidential bid. He said he would back joint opposition candidate Moise Katumbi, a millionaire businessman and former governor of the Katanyaga region. Michael Vikali is a student at Goma University and told AfricaLink that having so many candidates is not a good sign. If there are 25 presidential candidates, it means there are a multitude of political parties. So we wonder if the place of all Congolese is in politics, which worries a lot of people. To move the country forward, you can be an entrepreneur and hire people. You can be a teacher to learn about good management or even a farmer, but not necessarily in politics. 
Thousands of detainees across Nigeria have been released from prison. It's part of an effort by Nigerian President Bolo Tinubu to free up the country's congested correctional facilities. The United Nations says that Nigerian prisons are overpopulated and detainees can often wait years before being tried. Finally, pop star Shakira has reached a settlement with Spanish prosecutors in a tax fraud case and avoided jail time. A court in Barcelona ordered her to pay a 7.3 million euro fine. The singer was charged with failing to pay more than 14 million euros in Spanish income tax. And that's the latest Africa Link News. I'm Keith Walker. Thanks, Walker. Now you are listening to DW's Africa Link program with me, Josie Mahachi. And I'm also Kerin Gushinado. Welcome to you on our Facebook page, DW Africa, where we are live. And you can also comment on the stories we're covering. I already see um, David Chamba is here and Adama Adiale listening in. Now let's start off with our top story, Josie. African leaders are gathering in Germany over the next two days for the Compact with Africa Summit. But to get a better understanding, let's break down what the initiative is. Compact with Africa originally started in 2017 as an initiative of the German G20 presidency in 2017. At the time, former German Chancellor Angela Merkel chaired the group of the 20 most important industrialized and emerging common economies. Now, the Compact with Africa was set up to bolster private investment on the African continent so that in the end, more foreign private investment flows. And since its launch, the initiative has sparked great interest with so far 13 countries part of the initiative. Yes, indeed. Those countries include Burkina Faso, Democratic Republic of Congo, Ethiopia, Ghana, just to name a few which have joined the initiative. Now DW's Buba Jalo gives insight on the first day of the summit. The direction for the summit is clear. Africa and Europe want to work more closely together and provide stronger incentives for private investment. The investment conference with 800 participants will be the largest business conference that has ever taken place on German soil. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz said on Monday that Africa could count on Germany for early investment in the production of green hydrogen, which Europe's largest economy would need to import in large quantities in order to achieve carbon neutrality. For example, on the way to climate neutrality in 2045, we in Germany will need large quantities of green hydrogen and will need to import a large proportion of it including from Africa. Many African countries have significantly greater potential for renewable energies and the competitive production of hydrogen than we do. I am convinced that there are great opportunities here for expanding cooperation between German and African companies. Meanwhile, chairperson of the African Union, Azali Asumani, pointed out that the shortcomings in the financial system hinder the mobilization of capital for African economies. Speaking in Berlin, Asumani asked the AU's G20 partners to support Africa's call for reform of the international financial architecture and for more fair and more inclusive global economic governance. I call on the G20 partners and Germany in particular to support Africa's drive for more inclusive and participatory global economic governance, 
with the same dedication convinced that any progress made in this direction will help accelerate progress towards the compact's objectives in Africa. Asmani also called the Compact with Africa initiative to be extended to all African countries in quote for a stronger, more inclusive partnership to the benefit of the entire continent. So far, 13 African countries have joined the initiative from Benin, Burkina Faso, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Egypt, Ethiopia, Ghana and others. Other countries such as Angola, Zambia, Nigeria and Kenya are attending the conference as guests. But has the Compact with Africa initiative really come any closer to its goal of promoting more growth and therefore prosperity on the African continent? For Ghanaian analyst Emmanuel Bensa, the Compact with Africa is an important tool for looking at African economies. Initiatives like these that are also based on partnerships are key because uh, it, what, what, what it says is that it allows for uh, getting snapshots of different countries, emerging economies, and what is happening with them and what needs to be improved. In the view of Kenyan expert Exen Iraqi, it is still too early to take stock of what impact the summit will have. The Compact with Africa initiative, I think, was a great idea as proposed by German presidency of G20. But I think five years is such a short time to see the effects of this compact. Although it was supposed to attract private investment, I think the fundamentals on the ground might not be conducive to private investment. African countries have long complained that while Europe talks about investment, China actually provides financing without any moral lecturing. But Europe is now showing a willingness to work together as a partnership of equals. That is Buba Jalo bringing us a report on the Compact with Africa Summit that just started today in Berlin, Germany. Now the gathering is part of the Germanist government's commitment just to put you up to speed to support the development of Benin, Burkina Faso, Ivory Coast, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Egypt, Ethiopia, Ghana, Guinea, Morocco, Rwanda, Senegal, Togo and Tunisia, which are the 13 countries that have joined the initiative so far. We asked on our Facebook page, what do you make of this important event for the African continent being held in Germany and not in Africa? A comment live here on Facebook. Ahmed Kamono says from uh, Guinea-Conakry, the meeting should be conducted in Africa instead of Germany. There is no respect in having our leaders going over there for any meeting. Mm-hmm. Tamufa Samuel says this is a good initiative if we'll exploited by African leaders. This will boost the economy in Africa if funds giving will not be embezzled and it will also create many opportunities for young Africans. So the venue of the gathering, he says the gathering does not matter, but the outcome is what's more important. Okay. Now Raymond Achu says this is what our African presidents are very good at, attending all kind of conferences and invitation, yet the continent mm-hmm. is going backward in development. We are tired of bad politics. Yeah, another comment here from Kofi Otabil that also says the usual travelling, but it yields 
little as mismanagement and corruption still goes on, I think the sentiment is a bit, mm. people are uh, wary about the summit, if it will actually have any results afterwards on the ground, if Africans will actually really see anything. Yeah, and then Erasme Romazia says the right way should have been for the prospective investors to gather on the prospected field of their investment, e.g. in Africa, instead of being the other way around as it is just now. So this needs to be corrected next time when such gathering Convenes. Mm-hmm. And a final one here from Fishmark Africa. We will change from civilian rule to military rule because our head of state worked for the interest of imperialists. Keep those comments coming on the story covering um, the summit started today and it's a two day summit mm-hmm. that will end tomorrow and that's in Berlin, Germany. You can keep those comments coming also as we are live on our Facebook page, DW Africa. Just to remind you, This is DW's Africa Link program coming to you live from our studios here in Bonn, Germany. My name is Josie Mahachi. And with Josie is Okeri Ngushinado. Now we have a lot more coming up on the second part of the show. Josie, what's coming up? (laughs) Now still to come, Liberia has a new leader. But who is he? Born on November 30, 1944, in Foyalofa County, Boaka, now 78 years old, has spent about 40 years of his life serving in government. He is married to Katumu Boaka, and they have four children. Boaka is a Baptist and a deacon of the Effort Baptist Church. Let us go straight to Liberia. Liberians have elected a new president following a runoff election on November 14th, which saw about 1.6 million Liberians voting in last Tuesday's presidential runoff election between the incumbent George Weah and the former country's vice president, Joseph Boakai. Now, the results so far released by the Liberian National Election Commission puts the former vice president ahead with 506 Four percent, um, percent over the incumbent president, forty nine point three six percent. The outgoing president, John Chukwuya, conceded and congratulated his main rival, Joseph Boakai. Now, Boakai, a former vice president who lost to Weah in the twenty seventeen runoff and campaigned on a promise to rescue in courts Liberia, told Reuters in an interview that he expected a lot of challenges, particularly regarding corruption and lack of delivery of basic services. The first thing we were trying to rescue Liberia from these people. They have been rescued. We have taken it from them. The next thing is what to do after taking it from them is to deal with the issues that have been hanging over this country, corruption, the issues of non-delivery of services to the people, which are, I mean, an array of them. So we have to deal with those issues corruption, the suffering of the people. That is Joseph Boakai speaking. Uh, Boakai also said a key area where Liberians have not seen many benefits was in the mining sector, despite the country's mineral wealth rich in diamond, gold, iron ore and timber. Liberia is a very rich country. We know very well that agriculture can prosper in this country. In fact, sitting down here, There's nobody who has served this country in that area better than myself. And we are going to exploit that to the fullest. We're going to make sure that situations are going to put into place that will make Liberians know this is their country and this is where they belong and this is where they are supposed to benefit that is the president-elect, Joseph Boakai. Now, in a few minutes, the National Election Commission 
is expected to announce the result where Mr. Boakai will be officially announced as the winner of the November 14 runoff election. Who exactly is Liberia's new president-elect? DW's correspondent Evelyn Pade has a portrait of Joseph Numa Boakai. Born on November 30, 1944, in Foya Lofa County, Boaka, now 78 years old, has spent about 40 years of his life serving in government. He is married to Katumu Boaka, and they have four children. Boaka is a Baptist and a deacon of the Effort Baptist Church. Boaka attended primary and high school in Sierra Leone and Liberia before graduating from the College of West Africa. He later graduated from the University of Liberia in 1972 with a bachelor's degree in business administration. He is the owner of Lusu Resource Corporation and co-owner of Aqua Machines Liberia. Boaka has served on many boards including as Chairman of Liberia Finance and Trust Corporation, Chairman of the Board of Star Radio, founding member of LOC, a member of the Board of Liberia's Baptist Theological Seminary, founding member of the Bethesda Christian Mission, founding organizer African Methodist Episcopal University, founding organizer of the CWA. He served as Minister of Agriculture under the then-President Samuel K. Doe between 1983 to 1985. He also served as Vice President alongside the former President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf for a two-six-year term. In 2017, after the end of Madam Ellen Johnson Sirleaf's administration, Boyka contested for the country's higher seat on the ticket of the Unity Party, but lost to the incumbent President and former soccer star George Weah. In that 2017 presidential polls, we are won with more than 61%. Boakai was strongly criticized for a long time in the public sector, a key among the battle analysts say that challenged Boakai in that election was the fact that Liberians had come from 12 years with the Unity Party government and were not prepared to have another Unity Party government, a major factor that led to his defeat. In the just end of November 14, 2023 presidential runoff election, the National Elections Commission is expected today to announce Mr. Boikai president-elect, defeating the incumbent president, George Weah. Thanks, Evelyn Pade, for that portrait. Now we asked on our Facebook page, DW Africa, if your current country's current president had lost by such a slim margin, do you think he or she would have handed over power to the challenger the way President George Weah did? Paul Porter says President Weah had absolutely no option. If he accept it now or later, the people spoke and he knows the Liberian voted and protected their votes. Mm-hmm. We have a comment here also live on our Facebook page from Ahmed Kamano that says, Liberia is one of the few remaining democracies in West Africa. No desperation to hang on to power at all costs. We hope that the new government brings in unity and fast development Liberians are awaiting. And Ta Azak says what is important here is that Joseph Boikai, president-elect, did the same six years ago. He did not wait for the pronouncement of final results by the national election neck. He considered before final pronouncement. Mm-hmm. Shilunguta Mwamba says it's rare among African sitting presidents. President Weah's democratic behavior is another indication of how much democracy has matured in Africa. And Sheikh Faliku says, yes, of course, especially for them to do the rightful things for their countries.
I mean, following this election, all eyes will be on how countries kind of deal with exactly. um, this DRC that's happening in December. Then mm-hmm. there's also South Africa elections that are taking place. So I think everyone is expecting maybe elections to run more mm-hmm. smooth without any, um, you know, corruption or people kind of speaking, saying that it, it was not fairly voted. Yeah. And one thing that we need to also note and applaud Liberia. Mm-hmm. The elections were very peaceful. Yes, the very first much. election was peaceful. The rerun as well went so peacefully. And I mean, just respects to President Weah for conceding mm-hmm. uh, defeat. And then August Fogasses in Sierra Leone, the opposition lost two consecutive elections and they failed to concede defeat. They even boycotted parliament just to fool their supporters. They only value and accept democracy when they win in an election. Mm-hmm. So, Keta Kenneth here on our uh, Facebook page, DW Africa. A sitting African president to lose an election. That is not Museveni. Okay, that's <laughs> president of president. U- Uganda. Yeah. <laughs> now we are live on our Facebook page, DW Africa. Keep those comments coming. Once again, my name is Josie Mahachi. And I'm Okering Gushinado. <laughs> now to round up the day, we are taking a step into the world of entertainment and sports on our showbiz segment. And we have some quite some news um, mm-hmm. from modeling, Afrobeats and sports. Our very own Crispin Makadeo has more on the showbiz segment. Thank you very much, Josie and O'Kerry. We start off the showbiz with the just-ended Miss Universe, where Miss Nicaragua, Shanice Palacios, won the Miss Universe competition late Saturday night in El Salvador. She's the first to wear the crown from her country. The 23-year-old holds a degree in social communication. She wants to work to promote mental health after suffering debilitating bouts of anxiety herself. Miss Thailand Antonia Porosild was first runners-up and Miss Australia Mariah Wilson the second runners-up. 84 women competed for the crown in the 72nd edition of the competition. Miss Universe was last held in El Salvador in 1975 and this year's event was another opportunity for President Nayib Bukele to tout changes made under his administration, especially greatly improving the country's safety. Now to some Afrobeats news. Nigerian star Bana Boy now has a Billboard Music Award to add to his many accolades. The superstar who won his first Grammy earlier this year has been named the best Afrobeats act by Billboard in the US. This is dedicated to Africa and every artist coming out of Africa now, he said while accepting the award on Sunday. Another Nigerian artist, Rema, was also recognized at the event with a gong for his song, Calm Down, which has smashed multiple streaming and chart records. Accepting the award for Best Afrobeat Song on Sunday, Rema thanked his fans and called the prize a celebration of unity and the global domination of Afrobeats. Billboard is the latest body to add an Afrobeats category reflecting the genre's huge global popularity. Still on Afrobeats, Chioma's Adeleke Roland, the wife of music superstar Davido, has appeared in the public for the first time since she welcomed a set of twins with the singer. During Davido's Away Festival on Saturday in Atlanta, Chioma was spotted with friends and family including Davido's father, Deji Adeleke. She wore a short dress and sneakers as she posed for photos with Davido and other family members. In another video clip, Chioma was captured showing off her dancing skills with popular music executive Ubi Franklin as Davido was performing his hit track, Unavailable. The couple had taken a social media break following the death of Ifeani, their three-year-old son, in October 2022. Africa Link.
Sport. And a lot is also happening in the world of sport. Inter-Miami president David Beckham wants to bring ex-Man United goalkeeper David De Gea to the United States. De Gea has been without a club since his Old Trafford contract expired in June, which ended a 12-year spell in Manchester. The 33-year-old has been linked with various moves across Europe in the interim, but could link up with former international teammates Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba should he move to the MLS side. Manchester United will prioritize the signing of a new central defender in January. Reported incoming scout Marcel Bort has made it his mission to find the next Erling Haaland or Jude Bellingham for Newcastle United. Former Arsenal chief David Dane has accused Mikel Arteta of damaging the Gunners' image with his stinging rant against VAR. And instead of backing him up with a club statement, he says he would discipline the Spaniard if he was still in charge. And finally, Bayer Leverkusen are top of the Bundesliga heading into the November international break. Bundesliga.com takes a tactical deep dive into what Chabi Alonso is doing right. Leverkusen are two points clear of Bayern Munich after 11 games played. They held the champions to a 2-2 draw in September and that was the only time they've had to share the spoils with the other 10 games being victorious. Back to you ladies in the main studio. Thanks, Crispin Makideo, for that narration. Kiki, why are you crying into laughter? I don't know what's what's making you laugh. I mean, I'm, I'm just Share like, the I, joke. I am just happy, you know. Um, it was a it was a lot of good news on Showbiz as well. Ah, okay. From Miss Universe. I I mean, I didn't watch it on Sunday mm-hmm. on Saturday, but I know that Namibia made it to the top twenty. I just would <laughs> I like to, I, I I would just like to point to that out. That. <laughs> you know, we made it in the top twenty. Mm-hmm. Jamila Uiras um, representing Namibia and. So I mean that's really that's really good. Next time us. we want to see you on that stage. Not anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the controversial award, especially when it comes to Rema. Nigerian mm-hmm. music stars Benaboy and Rema have made history at the 2023 Billboard Music Awards by becoming the first ever winners of the Afrobeats Awards. Benaboy emerged victorious in the top Afrobeats artist category, beating out stiff competition from Wizkid, Tams, and Rema. Meanwhile, Rema's calmed down remix in courts because I see a lot of mm-hmm. comments on our Facebook page DW Africa featuring Selena Gomez took home the prize for top Afrobeat song. The awards recognize music achievements in various aspects including album sales, streaming numbers, radio airplay, touring success and social engagement. Now we asked any yes. message to Berna and Rema. I mean, Zeus, Carl says Nigeria Nigerians should focus on music only and forget about football because Zimbabwe <laughs> will still beat them in return. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, <laughs> by the way, Zimbabwe really performed very well yesterday. I was so happy. I was literally happy. I mean, of course, with some sad news, um, Zimbabwe's goalkeeper was based in South Africa, George Chigova, mm-hmm. passed on last week um, due to a heart failure. So I think also some of those things really affected the team. But kudos to the Zimbabwe Warriors for that um, performance. And Kemo Cham says, Remus remix with Selena, not is original won mm-hmm. the award. Wake up people. Recognition is good for everyone in whatever field we find ourselves. But we must realize that in this day and age, we cannot tie achievement to these kind of awards. It's biased. I have said my own. I mean, I, I, I appreciate the fact that Kemo Cham also said that because, mm-hmm. I mean, it is really good that African um, artists are kind of celebrated for their music and what they're doing and what they're putting out there, you know, internationally. Mm-hmm. But the originals, 
you know, should also get the same recognition and the same awards as yeah, well. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it, it looks like the remix is the one that's getting yes. more awards yes. than the original. And Malik uh, Jalo says, Benaboy loves Africa and he did not hide Rema. Also, mm-hmm. don't hide his culture. I'm proud of them. Love from the Gambia. Alpha Omar says, yes, kudos to them. The sky is the limit. Okay, thank you so much for those comments. Uh, what else? The world yeah. is their stage. Congrats to them. Well done and congratulations. Everybody is just congratulating the mm-hmm. duo. I mean, for those awards, whether remix or not remix, Rema is our guy and we should just always calm down, yes. you know? <laughs> I mean, there's also uh, more that's also happening in the sports world. Um, mm-hmm. PSG forward Kylian Bappe acknowledged that Lionel Messi deserves to win this year's Ballon d'Or. Bappe stated that, quotes, Messi had to win the Ballon d'Or, he won the World Cup, he's one of the greatest in history, if not the greatest for me. I mean, despite both Bappe and Erling Haaland having strong seasons, Bappe emphasized that winning the World Cup carries significant weight and Messi deserved the honour. Now we asked on our Facebook page, do you think Bappe is given the right that he won the last World Cup in 2018? Actually, that's true, Mm. but did not win the Ballon d'Or. And Mary Chelsea says, of course, he's right. He acknowledged that at last the Messi, after all, is the OG, the God mm-hmm. himself. Even <laughs> he looked up to Ronaldo as a kid. But facts are facts, the greatest of his time. Yes, mm. Collins Okereke says, don't mind Bappe and his comments. Presently, the game of football had been polluted with politics and people with biased minds. Mm. And Mark... Uh, yeah, Sheikh Nkongfa says Mbappe didn't win it as a major star. Take his and criteria with footballers. Okay. Yes. And then we have here also a comment from Nole saying, historically, Messi wins the Ballon d'Or. Okay, so let me just quickly ask you, Kiki, mm-hmm. who's your favorite? No, not like bro- in a broad way, but between the two, Ronaldo or Messi? Oh, for me, it would be Messi, to be Why? honest. I mean... Also, the thing is, um, I was watching the World Cup last year Mm -hmm. and I was also, you know, supporting Argentina and Messi. And he's a really great player. He's, I mean, he has won several accolades. And I mean, even being recognized for the Ballon d'Or is beyond that. Mm. So for me, he stands out more than Ronaldo. But I mean, they're both great. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, tell us what you think. Who is for you, Ronaldo or Messi? Until tomorrow, this is all we have time for you. My name is Josie Mahaj. And I'm okay, Ringo Shinato. Made for Minds.